Star lights, star brights. First star I see tonight. Deep in the dark, creation is humming. A light has come, a light is coming. A light has come, a light is coming. At 299 million, 792,458 meters per second, a light has come, and a light is coming. Light is energy. It's rays and waves greeting us with a bright, sunny face. Light speeds and it spreads, covering everything it touches. It breaks and it illuminates and it captivates. It stimulates the senses and eliminates the dark. It fascinates the children and generates a spark. Light shines and it blinds us, literally. It is only when light first enters our eye that we're finally able to see. You see, we as a people living in darkness are in need of a great, great light. So it only makes sense that out of all the things he could have chosen to create first, God said, let there be lights, right? So in the middle of the night, as the angel appears to the shepherd's fright, do not be afraid, they say, just follow the light. Star light, star bright. First son is born tonight to the virgin mother, the brother of James, who uttered wonder and suffered under others' blunders to uncover a love for each other. And a father and son who shine so bright that it's only right we called them the light of the world. This light was broken and spread covering over every sin that he touched, illuminating the truth, captivating our attention, and generating our tomorrow. So let this be a sign that the blind can see, that the water is wine, and that the broken are free, and his light will shine into every crack of brokenness, over every horizon of hope, through the prism of his promise. Behold, a drummer boy drumming for glory's homecoming and darkness succumbing to the light that has come and the light that is coming.
pass in those days that a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be registered. This census first took place when Quirinius was governor of Syria. So all went to be registered, everyone to his own city. Joseph also went up from Galilee, out of the city of Nazareth, unto Judea, to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and lineage of David, to be registered with Mary, his betrothed wife, who was with child. So it was that while they were there, the days were completed for her to be delivered. And she brought forth her firstborn son, and wrapped him in swaddling clothes, and laid him in a manger, because there was no room for them in the inn. And it came to pass in those Though we're in the same country, shepherds living out in the fields, keeping watch over their flock by night. And behold, an angel of the Lord stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were greatly afraid. Then the angel said to them, Do not be afraid, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. For there is born to you this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign unto you. You will find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace, goodwill toward men.
Jesus Christ is born. While shepherds kept their watching or silent flocks by night, behold, throughout the heavens there shone a holy light. Go tell it on the mountain, over the hills and Jesus Christ is born. Go 
moment, so join in and sing with us.
think so. So Christmas happens to be uh, my favorite time of the year. I, uh, I love everything about Christmas. And I know some of this makes me like um, I'm not holy and stuff like that, but I like Christmas trees. I, I really do. I know that's a, it's a pagan thing that uh, people worship at and stuff like that, but I don't do that. And so I think I'm okay there. And the tradition is worship naked around them, and I don't do that either. So I think we're good there. But, um, but I, I like the stuff about Christmas. I like Rudolph. Um, especially the claymation TV show. I mean, you got to watch that every year, right? I like, um, I do like Santa Claus, and uh, I, I like a lot of things about Santa Claus. Um, but I also understand the, what is significant about Christmas, and I don't, I don't get away from that. I don't deviate from that. In fact, it's easier for me during Christmas time to, um, to, to. Even with all the other stuff and all the commercialism and the shopping and all the other things, I, I was talking with the family after first service, and we were talking about how commercialized it's got. And um, like their their junior high son was standing there, and we're talking, well, we should we should just do away with all this presents and stuff. And you could see he was like, <laughs> he wasn't liking the direction of the conversation. But but even with all that, um, I, I like I like giving gifts. I like getting gifts. Right? Um, years ago. <clears throat> Linda and I had been married, I think it was our second Christmas, but uh, we were very poor, and so this was a, a big thing for us. Uh, I've had people pick on me f- for this for years, but this she really liked this. Um, I, got her a, uh, I got her a vacuum cleaner for Christmas, but we couldn't afford a vacuum cleaner, and she wanted a vacuum cleaner, and so I bought her a vacuum cleaner for Christmas, and she was so excited about that. And to this day, she still she told me this morning that was the greatest gift you've ever given me. Um, in reality, what happened 2,000 years ago, and what we do, we celebrate Christmas, and we celebrate in December, and that's not really, we, we understand, that's not when Jesus was born, but this is when we celebrate it, and, and this is when we recognize that, and I'm okay with that too. Um, but, but we understand that when Jesus was born, everything changed. The entire world changed. Everything changed. There was, there's nothing about the world that is the same after Jesus is born than when before. Because he, he did something that, that no other God can do, no other religious mentality can have. He actually brought redemption and salvation to humanity. And that's a, that's a gift that I think sometimes if we're not careful, we take for granted. Uh, we take, and, and this is something I, I had a friend of mine, we were talking about, this was years, years ago, but we were talking about this. And he was sitting at, at um, Christmas with his family and his, and his uh, niece and nephew were there, and they were opening presents. And um, his nephew would open a present, look at it, and go, oh, and throw it to the side and open another present. Oh, this is not what he wanted or something. I don't know exactly. And, he, and the guy that was telling me, he said he got to a point where he literally just wanted to gather up all those toys and whatever they were and just take them outside and, like, set them on fire just to prove a point. I think sometimes if we're not careful, we kind of do that with Jesus. We, we know that Christmas is about Jesus. We know it's about the baby in the manger. We know it's about that, that, that the Redeemer, the Son of God, came to this earth and put on human flesh. But if we're not careful, we take it for granted. We don't really process it. We don't really hold this dear in our hearts and our lives. In John chapter 1, verse 1, In the beginning, the Word already existed. The Word was with God. And the Word was God. 
It's important that there are, there are certain things in Scripture that there, there is like a graduated system of this is the most important, and there are other things that are important, but they're not quite as important. And this one is the most important of everything, is that Jesus is God. He's, in, he's God in equality with God the Father. It's not like God is bigger and Jesus is lesser. Jesus is God. But there's something else about Jesus that he's talking about here, that it says that, he, that he's the word, the logos, that he's the, the um, spokenness. This is, this is a transcendent understanding. It goes way beyond our limitedness to be able to even understand this. And I, and I believe that a million years from now when we're sitting in heaven, I don't think we're going to be using the term. Now, this is just me, okay? But I don't think we're going to be using the term son of God for Jesus. I don't, I don't, think, I don't think that's going to be how we know him and understand him. On this earth, it is vitally necessary that we understand that he's the son of God and that God is God the Father. But I think when we step into eternity, see, we do know that, that God gives us new names when we get to eternity. That, that, it's already, that it's already written down that the Lord already knows what our, our, our real name, that's a, the best way to say it, new name because it's new to us, but it's, it's our real name, the one he's already established of who we are. And if that's for us, then I think what happens is that we begin to understand Jesus doesn't get a new name, but it is, it is more revealed to us. There's actually a lot of scripture about this and the name that, that nobody knew that was across his, his chest, all these different things. But I think when we step into eternity, that we're going to know him not as much the Son of God, but we're going to know him more as the Word, the Logos, the, 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 the spokenness. And that's how we're going to understand him. And that's going to, because that has a lot more hugeness and majesty than we really can understand on this earth. And I think, again, I, I, I try to mention this regularly, I'm pretty sure I mentioned it last Sunday that I think that the biggest miracle that we're going to recognize about Jesus uh, is not the cross. It is the most important thing to us now. There's no denying that. Without the cross, we don't get to that eternity and know who he is and know his, his, uh, his understood name and, and God, even God the Father. I mean, all these different things. So the cross is vitally important for us now. We have to have the cross to get to right relationship with God so that we can get into eternity with Jesus. But, but I think the biggest miracle a million years from now is going to be Jesus coming to this earth and taking on a limited human flesh. As the scripture here is about to say that, that he became part of the creation he created. He designed this whole thing. And then he steps into it and he has to minimize himself so much in, in, a, in, in, in an aspect that we don't, I don't think we can understand. Right now, we just don't understand this. And then someday we will understand it better, but maybe spend all of eternity really getting it, is the fact that he takes on human flesh. I think that's the most supernatural, miraculous thing for us as humans that we're going to realize later. He says, God created everything through him, and nothing was created except through him. This is, he is in the beginning, and he created everything. So God the Father, this is a very, very oversimplification, but God the Father is, is the one who comes up with the plan. I don't think that's exactly how it works, but God comes up with the plan, and Jesus speaks it into existence, and the Holy Spirit makes it happen. Jesus is the speaker of all of this. He is the, he is the word. 
And, and he creates everything. The Word gave life to everything that was created. That's why I regularly say around here, babies in the womb, God gave them life. This is why we have to respect this. God gave life. Human, two human beings don't give life. They, God lets them be a part of it because he's cool that way. But he, God is the one who breathes life. You can't breathe life into anything. And here's something else that's interesting. Not one human on this planet, no matter all of our technology and everything, not one human can actually create life. We act like we can, but we can't. Only God can do that. The Word gave life to everything that was created, and His life brought light to everyone. As the spoken word said earlier, that, that uh, God made light first. The, the reason that God makes light, I, in fact, I don't really think that's the right way to say that. I don't think God made light. I think Jesus reveals Himself because He already is light. This is why when we get to Revelation, the sun is done away with because we don't need the sun. It specifically says that. Why? Because Jesus is the light. This is why God creates light or reveals, Jesus reveals himself on the first day of creation. And a couple days later, he creates the sun because he is light. And he brings this light to everyone, to you and to, I, to me. He brings this to every single one of us. And he does it in such a way that is so supernatural, spiritual, that when you receive this light, you get it. But if you don't, you don't get it. You don't understand. The next verse says, the light shines in the darkness, and the darkness can never extinguish it. Satan can never put out the light that is Jesus. And King James says that the darkness doesn't comprehend it. It's the same, that same sentence can be translated that way. That darkness doesn't get it, doesn't understand it. Because Jesus is so transcendent and so big, until you open your spirit and you let Jesus be God in your life, you don't understand it. And then you spend the rest of your life trying to learn more about it. Because he is truly life and he's truly light. Going down to verse 10, he came into the very world he created. Jesus makes it and then jumps inside of it. That, that's absolutely amazing to me. And, and part of the reason that's so amazing is because he didn't have to. He chooses to do that. He chooses that for you and I. But the world didn't recognize him. He came to his own people and even they rejected him. I, I don't want to be that person. I don't want to be somebody that won't recognize him or rejects him when I, when I see it. I want to recognize him and I want to I receive him. And, and the reason I say it that way is because I think as Christians we do those two things. We don't recognize sometimes when Jesus is, is being Jesus, and then when we do, sometimes we reject that. I, don't, I, don't, I work hard at not being that guy because, because you're going to miss. You're going to miss the plan that Jesus has. Verse 12, but to all who believed him and accepted him, he gave the right to become children of God. They are reborn, not with a physical birth resulting from human passion or plan. In other words, two humans, God lets them be a part of this. But they're not the one who actually does it. But a birth that comes from God. So the Word became human and made His home among us. He was full of unfailing love and faithfulness. We have seen His glory, the glory of the Father's one and only Son. In Luke chapter 1, verse 30, we see the, the story of Christmas. Don't be afraid, the 
Mary, the angel told her, for you have found favor with God. We talked a little bit about this Wednesday night. We talked a lot about the virgin birth and, and all the different elements of the Christmas story and, and how, how enormous and overwhelming this had to have been for Mary. And, but, but the angel just simply says, just don't be afraid, right? You will conceive and give birth to a son, and you will name him Jesus. He will be very great, and he will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his ancestor David, and he will reign over Israel forever. His kingdom will never end. In Matthew chapter 1, verse 18, this is how Jesus, the Messiah, was born. Not just Jesus from Nazareth, or Jesus, we, 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 the, the son of Joseph, or the son of Mary, but this is Jesus, the Messiah. And Matthew makes sure that we understand that. And this is how Jesus, the Messiah, was born. His mother Mary was engaged to be married to Joseph, but before the marriage took place, while she was still a virgin, she became pregnant through the power of the Holy Spirit. Joseph, to whom she was engaged, was a righteous man and did not want to disgrace her publicly, so he decided to break the engagement quietly, which means he didn't believe her at first, which is understandable. This is a not believable thing in the natural, and he doesn't know what's going on, and so God, because he's a nice guy, sent an angel. As he considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream. Joseph, son of David, the angel said, Do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife. For the child within her was conceived by the Holy Spirit. I, I wonder, I've, I've thought about that. I don't know if I've like, ever brought this out in a message. But I wonder if Joseph went back to her and said, Okay, Mary, I'm sorry. Right? She'd been telling him, but look, an angel visited me, told me this, all this kind of stuff. And Joseph is trying to figure out how to get rid of her. And she will have a son, and you are to name him Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. And guys, that's what Christmas is about. That this baby born in a manger is going to save us. If you accept him, this baby saves you, changes you, redeems you. This is Jesus, the Messiah that was born that day. Amazing gift that we'll never understand. We'll, we'll, I don't think we'll ever get to the end of that. That Jesus says, I'm going to be the plan of redemption. I'm not going to send somebody. I'm not going to make a, a different plan. I'm going to, myself, I am going to be the person. And I will step into the creation that I created. All of this occurred to fulfill the Lord's message through his prophet. Look, the virgin will conceive a child. She will give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God is with us. Luke chapter 2, verse 8. That night, there were shepherds staying in the fields nearby, guarding their flocks of sheep. Suddenly, an angel of the Lord appeared among them, and the radiance of the Lord's glory surrounded them. I think this is a pretty majestic moment, but you realize the light, the radiance that is surrounding them at that moment was minuscule in comparison to the light of the world that is Jesus. This was just a small part of this. They were terrified, but the angel reassured them, don't be afraid. I will bring you good news that will bring great joy to all the people. And this is it, the Savior. Yes, the Messiah, the Lord, has been born today in Bethlehem the city of David, and nobody, nobody had the understanding of what was really happening that night. Nobody did. And I don't know that we really even totally get it today, but at least we get enough to understand that we can belong to him and we can commit our lives to him. 
And we're going to spend eternity figuring this out. And you will recognize him by this sign. You will find a baby wrapped snugly in strips of cloth lying in a manger. Suddenly the angel was joined by a vast host of others. The armies of heaven. You notice it doesn't say the choir. It says the armies. Praising God. This is one of those moments. There's a lot of places in Scripture I wish I could have been there and watched it and seen it. I believe it happened. There's no doubt about that. I don't, I don't question Scripture. But I would like to have seen the seas part. Right? I'd like to have seen the, the pillar of fire. I would like to have seen the fire Elijah called down for me. I would like to have seen the valley of dry bones, all this. But the number one for me is I would like to have been standing there when heaven's chorus, the armies of heaven, are rejoicing and singing about the Messiah. This was the greatest thing that for them had ever happened. They'd watched all the other stuff, and that was small compared to Jesus steps out of heaven and into this little baby's body, in the womb, in the womb, not 30 years old, in the womb, and he chose to do this. And the armies of heaven praising God and saying, glory to God in the highest heaven, peace on earth to those whom God has pleased. We're going to wish you a Merry Christmas. We're going to end this by singing a song for you, with you. You're going to sing with us. You just don't know it yet. But... Um, but I want us to pray and ask Jesus to really help us see this. Open our eyes and see this. Let's pray. God, we thank you. We thank you for the amazingness that is you. Lord, we thank you for your majesty and your glory. We thank you for the grandeur that was your moment and your birth. But we also, Lord, we give you all of ourself. We give you our mind, our heart. Our existence because we want we don't want you to, to to come and we didn't see it recognize it we don't want to reject you lord we want to open our spirit right now and receive you god i pray for anybody in this room that you are not their savior that you're not their redeemer their lord that god they would open their heart right now and just ask you to be god over their life god that is the greatest christmas eve we could ever have in jesus name we thank you so much. Amen. Why don't you stand with us? We're going to sing a fun song, and we'd love you to sing it with us. And um, while we sing, enjoy the snow. <laughs>